Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Entrepreneurial Talent Recruiter Podcast, where we interview successful recruiters to learn about their journey, the obstacles that they've overcome, and how you can model their approach to building your recruiter business. My name is Andrew Alex, and I'm joined by my handsome, strong, sturdy, self-confident... <laughs> sturdy, huh? <laughs> sturdy. That's pretty good, right? Uh, friend and colleague, Scott Solari. Scott, how are you? Andrew, I'm doing great, Andrew. Good to see you. And uh, yeah, everything's great. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Perfect. That's yeah. what I want to hear all the time. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I'll tell you why you're doing so great is because we are going to be uh, bringing your interview with Fernando Espinoza to all of our wonderful listeners. He is the CEO and founder of Top Notch Finders in San Diego. Fernando is the first and only credentialed member of the Pinnacle Society from Mexico, as well as the 2015 Secretary and Outreach Chair in the Board of Directors of the Pinnacle Society. 18 years of search experience in the manufacturing market in the United States and Mexico prior to founding Top Notch Finders. He led co and co-founded a Qualified Inc. of 12 years, a $5 million company with a team of 20 people. Fernando is fluent in, the, in English, Spanish, Japanese, and French, enabling him to assist clients from Asia, Europe, and the United States. That's like a quadruple threat right there. Yeah, Scott. Man, he's got and he's got the he can speak the different languages. He's legit. He's yeah. legit. <laughs> well, Scott, tell me real quick before we jump into the interview here, what are all of our listeners going to learn from your interview? Well, you know, Fernando really uh, discusses um, to to really be great in this business. He talks about you need to be committed to self improvement. And to be passionate about what you're doing. And I know that a lot of recruiters don't like to hear that word, passion, 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 passion. Bottom line is that you need to identify with what you're doing in the niche you're working in. And, um, and then the daily work that you're doing every day in your niche to utilize your skill set the best. So making sure that you identify what you care about with what you're doing every day. Perfect. Well, let's jump right into your interview and we'll check in with everyone after that. I'm super excited to have Fernando Espinosa on the call today. Fernando, thank you so much for taking the time out to uh, educate our audience. Oh, no. Thank you for the pleasure or the opportunity to, to talk with you people. All right. So uh, first, I want to start off and I know that you've you've done a couple different things in your career and um you know, moved your way through to, to owning um, your own company, top, TopNotchFinders.com. Um, tell me a little bit about how you got started and how you've been able to be so successful in this business. Well, um, I started working in recruiting 22 years ago. Um, as many of the uh, recruiters in, this, uh, in the market, I started by accident. I was coming back from Japan uh, to, to Mexico after spending some time there, I got a scholarship to do my master's in Japan. And I was coming back to, to Mexico to do the paperwork to, to get back to Japan. And all of a sudden, I got a, a call from a recruiter that told me that there was a big wave of Japanese investors coming to the uh, U.S., uh, Mexico's uh, San Diego, Tijuana border region, that they were investing heavily in the electronics industry, uh, back on those days, 1991, 1992, those were like the days pre-NAFTA, and there were many companies coming to the border region, 
And all these companies were from Japan, and most of the people that came from Japan didn't know how to speak English or Spanish, so they needed a translator. So I started as a translator, working for a recruiter, trying to understand what those companies were looking for when they're looking for personal in Mexico. Um, so I started recruiting, I started translating for them, and then I realized that uh, they all not only needed um, uh, uh, a recruiter, but also they needed somebody to be like the cross-cultural um, um, assistant that can help them develop a bridge of communication between all the different cultures involved, the Americans, the Japanese, and the Mexicans involved in operations in the border region. So that's the way I started. I I was a translator, and one or two weeks later, I became a recruiter. <laughs> so I, I realized that uh, it was funny because um, uh, they didn't have job descriptions. They didn't have specifics of what they were looking for. So we had to create the job descriptions for them. Um, the... Um, there were many issues with the communication because their communication style was very different from uh, the Americans and the Mexicans so that they were working with. So uh, it was tough not only to recruit people but to retain them because people after some few weeks of working for them, they didn't want to stay there because they couldn't communicate accurately with them. Mm. Yeah. So we had to create some seminars of cross-cultural training and cross-cultural communication and we were able to, to save some of those placements to stay longer with them. And then we fine-tune our, our sourcing process to find people that will have the abilities and skills to be able to adapt faster to the Japanese uh, organizational culture. And, and also for the Mexicans to understand better the Japanese management style and the American management style that, that was coming with them. That's the way we started. Yeah, so uh, I find that really interesting because it's like um, you kind of created your own niche of recruiting because you had to be able to help these these people um, really adjust to, to different culture styles, especially when you're dealing with like three or four different cultures um, in one area, uh, uh, you know, because of that. So uh, did you find that like this – this path that you took was um, really helping you kind of get a leg up uh, because you were finding yourself in this niche? Absolutely. Well, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the Japanese business culture, but once you get your feet into a company as, as, your, as their business partner, as their, as their vendor, um, they recommend you with everybody else. So one day I started working with Sony, and at the end, I was working with all major Japanese manufacturing operations coming to Mexico, every single one of them. And we were recruiting all positions from directors and managers and technical positions. Uh, and before this recruiter didn't have a single Japanese client. So we, we wow. went from zero to 200 companies <laughs> in a span of two years. So that wow. was that was amazing because of the language, but also that in, implied many other things. I had to learn about many um, many specifics of the recruiting industry and also the about the manufacturing industry. I didn't, I wasn't really that familiar with the industry, so I had to learn the um, the positions. I had to understand um, the implications of doing a job in those companies as a general manager or plant manager quality manager, all the functional positions. 
and, and, and the different industries, the electronics, aerospace, uh, um, automotive, medical device manufacturing, whatnot. So I also had to learn how to interview people. I had to learn about behavioral-based interviewing, competency-based interviewing, emotional intelligence, neurolinguistic, and all those assessment tools are utilized to uh, screen, select, and, and place the right candidates for your clients. Wow. That's, um, I mean, that, talk about educating yourself, but it puts you in a really good position when you um, went off and founded your own business, correct? So tell us a little bit about that transition. Yes, um, when I started working as a translator and then became a recruiter, I worked for this company in, in, in Tijuana for like five, six years. And then um, I, I found another guy that also was a, a recruiter for another company, and he invited me to do a partnership and create our own company that's called Qualifying. We were business partners for 12 years, and we became, I think, the, the biggest recruiting company uh, for the Mexican market for the functional and middle management for, Man for Maquila. And we stayed together for those 12 years, and we were very successful because um, we were able to survive the 2001 uh, financial crisis with many companies because of the economics uh, of, of those times uh, shut down operations or had to move somewhere else. And we had to reinvent our business. Many Japanese companies shut down their operations, and we had to diverse diversify our portfolio of clients. And we went from Japanese companies to French companies, American-owned companies, German-owned companies, and every company coming to, into the Mexico border region with the U.S. Um, so we went from a 400,000 a year operation to $5 million operation. And we went from two guys working out of their houses to a really nice couple buildings with uh, 20 employees. So um, we in, in, in increase our retain search uh, engagements and and move from contingency to retain and uh, start to develop better business practices and and best practices in recruiting. So we joined IRC, which is a global network of recruiters. We were that back in those days. I was invited to be part of Pinnacle, which is a consortium of 75 of the best recruiters in North America. Mm -hmm. um, I was invited to be part of the, NAP, the board of NAPS, which is the National Association of Personal Consultants. And we were able to be to build a very um, successful practice as business owners. However, my partner in 2009 got diagnosed with cancer and had a lot of issues uh, with his health. And there are many things that happened in 2009 with the I don't know if you remember there was like a virus of, of 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 some sort of a flu virus in Mexico and nobody wanted to go to Mexico. Nobody recruited anybody out of Mexico. And and the financial situation was also down. Um so uh, we experienced a very difficult times and that's when we decided to split ways and restart all over again. I was uh, a solo recruiter for Four years and thinking that I didn't want to have all the all the issues with growing a big company and 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 understanding 
everybody's needs and expectations. But then I realized, uh, coming back to be a solo recruiter, that if something will happen to me, I wouldn't be able to to provide um, a legacy for for other people. So that's why I decided to join Sanford Rose um, some few weeks ago. This is the 10th largest recruiting company in North America. And the reason to join them is because uh, we would like to um, blend best practices between what I have done in these 22 years of recruiting specialized in Mexico with the best uh, best practices of one of the best recruiting companies in all of North America. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, you know, with all this experience and all these things that you went through in your career, shed some light on what you feel are some of the most important things a recruiter needs to have to be successful. Well, I think that the first piece is um, to understand that you really have to have the passion for the business. You really have to uh, decide every morning that that's what you want to do on a daily basis and and, and have um, be hungry, be really looking to self-improve yourself on a daily basis and learn as much as possible. For that, you need to be humble. If you're not humble, you don't learn from from the industry, from other recruiters, from candidates, from clients, and then you don't you don't grow. You stay the same. You you gotta be humble to understand that um, this is a daily self improvement process. But you have to be very focused. Understand of, of of all the things that you need to learn, what are the most important ones that you need to learn right now? So, for instance, if I'm a new recruiter and I'm getting into a desk right now, today, first I need to do an inventory of my skill set. What do I have to compete with? And compare myself with the best recruiter in the same industry and use that as a benchmark and say, okay, what these recruiters have that I don't have? So I need to develop those skills and abilities and competencies to be, if not at the same level, even better. Second is to really understand your market, your market niche. Understand, learn as much as possible from it. Learn from candidates, learn from clients, learn from the industry, learn from uh, social media, and become an expert on your field. You have to be the subject expert of your field. So whenever somebody thinks about the industry, they immediately think about you as the best provider of solutions for that specific market. For to, for you to become a subject expert, you have to position, position yourself in in the social media and your website and um, in in the different um, industry, uh, industry uh, conferences and and seminars, and, and participate and get to be known for everybody. So they know that you are an expert in that field. Those two pieces of developing best practices for yourself, benchmarking with others, and developing the highest expertise in your market niche are the two major components of any recruiter success. 
because many recruiters could do placements. Even without having any previous knowledge of an industry, you can be very lucky and get to fill two or three positions. But then to be successful more than 5, 10, 20 years, there has to be consistency, and that consistency comes from developing those areas of expertise in in yourself and in your market niche. I love that. That's huge because I I, I agree with you so much on um, you know no being self aware enough to know where you are and where you need to improve so that you can educate yourself and um, you know become an expert. And then at the same time, you need to position yourself, like you said, correctly to make sure that you're you're visible as the expert and you have the answers and that people are coming to you, you know. So that's that's really really good advice for those out there that are that are looking to be successful. Um you know, uh Fernando, mm-hmm. as you've um, you know, developed through this process, uh you know, doing your own hiring, tell us a little bit about how you've learned to to become an expert at that process and really identifying the best candidates, not only to work for you, but to work for other companies? This is a great question. Um, In my experience and also in other people's experiences that I have seen in the past, we recruiters commit the the mistake of recruiting people exactly like us. We think that if we find a (laughs) mini-me somewhere else, that is a, a, a proven formula that that's what you need for your business. But in reality, that doesn't work because there is no mini-me. There might be people that have certain um, personality traits, certain skills and abilities similar to what you have, but we are very unique. We are, whether we understand it or not, we are completely different from anybody else. So trying to copycat ourselves on the surface that's a major mistake. And a lot of people hire for the wrong reasons. Uh, that's the reason why recruiters have, we have the biggest turnover rate in the industry. <laughs> We're supposed to be the experts on recruiting people for others, but not for ourselves. So um, I learned that um, um, with essay and error. We hired a lot of people in the past, and many of them became very successful but also they were loyal. And many of them were very successful uh, for a certain time and then disappeared from the industry. So what, what I learned is that the best way to, to go about recruiting your own people is to understand, first, what is your mission as a company? Where do you want to go? What are your objectives as, as an organization? What kind of organization do you want to be? You want to be a small operation, a solo recruiter? Okay, then you have to create the infrastructure around yourself to outsource some of the activities to another guy or another person that is not going to be working as your employee, but they're going to be part of your process. Or no, you want to create a 5 to 10 operation, then you have to identify people with the right skill sets to the different roles. It's not the same to hire a project manager that is going to be handling the communications, 
with you and your internal recruiters or your researchers than to hire a recruiter, a full desk recruiter, or maybe a sales-oriented recruiter, or maybe a sourcing-oriented recruiter. It's, it's different, the, the skill set, the skill set of a recruiter that is going to be 100% committed to be only sourcing like a researcher is very different in terms of the abilities and skills and competencies that are required to be successful at doing that versus the one that is going to be selling or doing marketing calls for potential prospective clients or are going to be closing a deal with a candidate or with a client. So you need to have a very well-defined job descriptions for every position, have an assessment tool uh, to help you for your decision-making process and get other eyes, people that you can trust, that they can see these candidates from a different perspective, different than yours. So, in other words, have a process. You have to have a, a, a mapping process of your recruiting um, uh, approach so you can make sure that the decision that you're doing is the best for what you're looking for. And if you want to build a big a recruiting company, that's when you team up with the best, that they have done it and, and they are the best ones in the market. That's the reason why I joined Sanford Rose, because I want to create the biggest uh, company that I can create with Dotmas Finders. So I joined with the guys that have done this before, and they are a $40 million company. I love it. Uh, Fernando, this has been uh, fantastic. Like just so much uh, great information um, for those that are listening. So I, I, uh, last question I have for you, if someone's interested in, in connecting with you or learning more about, um, you know, top-notch finders, uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Well, they can send me an invite through LinkedIn, looking at Fernando Espinosa Ramirez, also, they can go to my website and topnotchfinders.com. We are in the process of recreating a new website that is now going to integrate sample rows in the formula. It's a, a blended approach. Um, but right now, they, they can go through my website and through LinkedIn, or they can shoot me an email to fespinosa at topnotchfinders.com or send me a text to 619-921-1798. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Scott, I really love this interview. Fernando is such an interesting guy, and I really enjoyed his uh, his personal journey on this one. Myself. Yeah, it's a good journey, man. And like learn, um, learning the language, bringing in the people from Japan, you know, yeah. working the whole like just it's so cool. It's a cool. Story. It was it was very cool. Very awesome story. And I, what I loved about it was um, under one of his major, you know, um, what he wanted everyone to learn was understanding your market niche so that you can become the subject expert in that field. And that's what's going to take you to the next level. And that's one of the major keys to being successful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you need to if you if you find something that you're you really care about and you have that skill set, then you got to you got to dive deep with the education and and get to know the people in the field and learn and go go shadow them, go to their businesses, like just everything you can to go deep uh, within that industry and and you'll come out on top. So it's cool that he, he talks about that. Yeah. 
Well, I wanted to thank you for your interview. Of course, I want to thank Fernando Espinosa for his time and his expertise sharing it with all of us. Of course, all of you out there listening, thank you for being a listener of the Entrepreneurial Talent Recruiter Podcast. My name is Andrew Alex. And I'm Scott Solari. And thank you very much for listening. We'll check back in with you next week. We'll be right back.